yeah, there is. There are many terms born out of aruga. A lot oh, of butter. God. Throat sphincter. Throat sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if your throat sphincter is working, you don't get lung butter, so. That's right. <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Banter, banter. Is there an echo in here? Everybody's looking at me, so I guess banter, banter. <laughs> uh, I am Robin O, and today I'm being joined by Steve Barkley. Hello. And Ryan Flurry. Hello. And Mr. Rick Chant. Ciao. Who is sitting in and joining us today. And, uh... It's a wonderful Tuesday morning. Yep, hasn't started raining yet, but the flood's coming. Bright and sunny. Are Wait, we the getting flood? Coming? Yeah, because of Saturday, it's supposed to just pour, I think like 50 millimeters or Again? something. Again? Oh. Awesome. So another big storm like we had. Ugh. That's because I've got my garden window out sitting on the ground. Yeah, but it's, at least it means it's warming up a bit. Waiting so. for my new one to come today, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a little premature in yanking the old one out, I think. You premature? Never heard that before. Listen, you've got wireless. You've got uh, wireless charging beside your bed. I'm not sure what toys that's for. Hey, Uh, I can send you an Amazon link. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We should. uh... Oh God, (laughs) this is going to be a long. It's going to take us forever. iPhone 10 news. Yeah, doesn't survive drop tests very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was reading about that. Yeah. What? Oh, really? I did not hear about this. What's the deal? Uh, it just sounds like Drop. they are very fragile. It sounds like, I guess, maybe because they're too thin, a little bit of flexing on the on the device and the screen screen breaks. Yeah, but, you know, that's just that's going to be an issue with any phone that comes out. That's, but they do drop tests. That they're supposed to survive drop tests from a certain height. Are they? I they don't are. know. Yep. Do they guarantee that? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, well, I don't know if they guarantee it. Well, I'm see, not sure exactly. So, I mean, works, if you have a phone that's that thin, pull that up the, article. the design is... Pull up the article. I got it. Okay. All right. Okay, so this is from Ars Technica. Uh, it says, uh, drop test concludes iPhone ten is the most breakable iPhone. Wow. Yeah. So they ran a... Uh, consumers electronics site CNET ran a drop test from a height of three feet. The glass at the corner of the phone cracked on the very first test, which dropped the phone on its side. Hmm. The second test dropped the phone on its face, leading to even more fractures. CNET concluded that dropping the phone without a case is, quote, out of the question. Hmm. Uh, See, that should have been caught in testing, I would assume. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The damage CNET encountered was only cosmetic. A more extreme drop test from Square Trade showed damage to functionality as well. 
Square Trade is a company that offers protection plans for mobile phones, so it should be noted that the company has an incentive to convince consumers <laughs> that their devices may be at risk. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, like the, the design itself, you know, the, 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 what do you call it, the bevel-less screen? Bezel-less. Bezel-less screen. I mean, the, of course it's going to be more fragile. I mean, that's, that's going to be a given. Well, and they're getting so thin too, right? You know, that's why I've said before, you know, these companies are looking at folding bendable screens so that there's going to be a little bit more durability to them. You know, with my LG G6, it has a glass back on it as well. And when I first got it, you know, it would fall out of my pocket and I'd drop it on the floor a couple times. And luckily it survived. But the first thing I did was just get a bumper case for it, right? Plastic case just yeah, to that's... protect it. So doesn't that lead to the question, though, why why would you have a bezel-less phone when you're immediately going to have to slap a case on it, which is going to give you a bezel? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is, that is a good point. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah, because bezel-less is the wah, theme of the wah. year. You know, everybody's yeah, it going seems, bezel-less. seems to be, but nobody can can use their bezel-less phone, right. re, you know, without risking it. Damaging it. Yeah. yeah. Huh. It's true. First world problems. You know, it's like my, uh, my daughter, I gave her the uh, Galaxy 7, I think it was, and uh, she broke it the first day. <laughs> first day, before she could even get out there and buy a case, she'd broken it. <laughs> <laughs> Not long after that, she broke it again. Yeah. Because I right. replaced the screen in it twice. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Wow. Fortunately, so you, you bought two screens when you bought them. Yeah. Well, I see that you I need to start buying her like $200 phones and not $700 phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeesh. Quite frankly, she'd be buying her own. My daughter <laughs> did. Sorry. Wow. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. You know, phones look so nice and pretty without the case on them, but, you know, if you want to be protected... It's yeah. Yep. yep. One of the one of these days, maybe one of these companies will come out with an unbreakable phone. Uh, don't ever. Yeah, and it. you know what? Somebody will take a hammer to it and break it. Well, they do Probably. have like Samsung does have the the I think they're active their active line, which are supposed to be not ruggedized but more rugged, so they survive you know the drop tests and they are built a little bit more durable. Yeah, it's but, like Panasonic Toughbooks. Yep. Yeah, but everyone wants. To I've seen some pretty badly beat up Panasonic tough books, man. <laughs> they still chug along. Is that right? Oh God, they're tanks, eh? Oh yeah, I've seen them driven over. I've seen <laughs> them thrown out of cars. I've seen them. <laughs> that would, I I could see that being rewarding if you're really angry. I've been angry at my computer enough to be like, if I had a car, children's welfare had a fire out. and one went through and we took the da- drive out and plugged it in, another one worked flawlessly. Wow. Oh, geez. See, they need to just transfer that into phones. Yeah, come on, Panasonic. Where's your phone? We'll buy it. Maybe. If it's Android. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Well, and, you know, back to Android and iPhones, you know, three of us, four of us sitting here in the room, and we're all running different versions of Android. Yeah. Yep. Sad, sad state of affairs. Yeah, that is true. That is true. You guys would catch up. It would be nice. (laughs) I do miss that about the iPhone. I have to say, when there was an update, the day of, you know, big iOS update. Yep. Boom. There it goes. It was always there. I don't even know what version of whatever 
freaking marshmallow lollipop <laughs> guilds. But then you also run into the the obsolescence of, of yeah. Your, your stuff phone's as well not as, is not uh, up yeah, to date true. enough to load the latest uh, yeah, updates. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, my true. my iPads that I have at home, I've got uh, what one second one third generation iPad, I think. Um, my daughter's broken both the screens on those too. <laughs> um, but uh, they they are still functional, mm-hmm. but I can't uh, download any apps for them. Right, because it's all been because the, the apps done have all for been new built for versions of versions, yeah. iOS, yeah. and it won't let me update them. So, mm-hmm. right. so they're basically paperweights. Yeah, yeah. You should uh, really let Abby know that uh, there's some a job opening at CNET for her. Testing, right. <laughs> testing new phones because you're like, here you go. Yeah. You have a singular talent, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you're wasting your time with all this makeup stuff. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now go break something. Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, what are we doing today? Today we are speaking with David Nason from Ireland, who is a contributor to the Apple Viz website. Well, look at that. Uh, we just finished talking a bunch about Apple, and we have an Apple guest. Yay. How's that for from, serendipity? From Dublin. Dublin. Yes. Well, we'll have to get some clarification on some pronunciations from him. Yes. Like Mahoney's? Yep. And Semin... Samin, Sam, Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> As we like to call it, Halloween. All right. Call him back. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good. What happened before? Just so you know, I've got, I don't know, 15 people in studio with me today. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I've got three. I've got Steve Barclay. Hello. Hello. Rob Minot. Hello. And and the beautiful Rick Chant. How you doing, Skipper? How are you, Rick? How's it going? So we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna gang up on you and, and beat Apple yeah. beat the Apple product topic no, to death. No, we're not. <laughs> Stop, it. Stop it! It's we're getting we're gonna get a bad reputation. We're gonna probably get legal a legal letter from Apple. That'd be awesome. I'd put it on my wall and frame it. You'd love that. Absolutely. No, I'll have to I'll have to stand up for Apple all on my own. So. Uh, well, all of us here actually came from Apple devices, so that's right. Yeah. Without Apple, we where would we be? That's right. We'd still be using. And are, those. are you, you guys um, like? Is it one of you visually impaired, or all of you, or just me, Ryan? Ryan, okay. I'm I'm totally blind. The rest of these so guys just had mental illness. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's Severe that's mental illness. illness. That's fair. Yeah, I figured that because I know you talk about all different AT stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we appreciate you joining us today. I know it's, what, Delighted. 7 o'clock there? Yep, so it's not too bad. Home, got a bit of food, and now ready to go. Excellent. <laughs> uh, standard disclaimer, clearly not a live podcast, so uh, <laughs> feel free to, to do muck things up or curse or do whatever you want. Fantastic. And uh, that's it. I think the other disclaimer was just that uh, three of us are mentally ill, so <laughs> I guess that's... <laughs> Well, if you curse in Irish, you got to tell us what the equivalent is in English. He's not going to oh, curse God, in Gaelic. <laughs> what was so that? If, if I say feck, that's not a feck. <laughs> no, that's not. It's, it's, that's E. What was Excellent. That? Do you remember, what was that What was that great term that we, that they called uh, Trump? Was that a cock trumpet? A no. cock trumpet. No, no. Uh, oh, it was the most beautiful sure. thing. Oh, geez, and now I forget it. I think it was cock trumpet. Well, you, you just have forgotten it, but. 
Anyways. That was uh, Scottish anyways. So. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, damn it. Oh, it's possible, yeah. We do like winding him up over here too, though. Like, yeah? Uh, yeah. He, he wanted to build a wall around his golf course to protect from the sea, but we stopped him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I remember that. Oh, fantastic. Uh, well, we could have an hour look podcast just about that. Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, you know, let's just start out and, and learn a little bit about Mr. David Nason and, and uh, tell us what uh, and how you got involved with Apple Viz. Um, okay. So I have, I suppose, okay, low vision, but I am uh, very much screen reader dependent at this point. So I do have some residual vision, but um, I couldn't get by without the screen reader at this stage. I did used to use magnification in my younger days. So I have a condition called RP. So it's, um, yep. you know, degenerative. So it's getting worse as I get older, essentially. So I've kind of transitioned from um, from uh, magnification to and high contrast kind of stuff through to screen readers. And uh, I did, in fairness, in a sense, my Apple history goes back to about 2004 when I had one of the really original iPods, you know, the white ones with the silver back. Oh, yes. Very, very kind of cool. I'd love to still have it, actually, <laughs> just to look at it. But it's, uh, you know, obviously no no accessibility features in those days, and I could just about manage to use it. But as the years went on, I couldn't I couldn't use iPods anymore. Um, I remember when the iPhone came out in 07, looking jealously at my friends who had them and saying, yeah, I want one of those, but touchscreen, never going to happen. So I thought, yeah, we feared. I think I'm sure we're all... A lot of us were in the same boat, like we kind of feared we were going to be locked out and yeah. when it looked like it was the way forward. So I was using a Nokia phone, which most people did over here, and, you know, an MP3 player and that, and it had nuanced talks. Yeah. I think probably Windows Mobile is more popular your side, doesn't it? wasn't it? Um, everyone was on Nokia over here. Yeah, yeah no, we, we had, had a bunch of Nokia as well. We had yeah. Nokia as well. Okay, cool. So yeah, new one stocks. Even that, I got that got got that around 2007, I think as well. Around in and around that time, anyway. And that even was life changing to me to have like mm -hmm. uh, to suddenly have my phone speaking back to me and not having to strain my eyes to try and to try and read it. And then um, I've been using, yeah. Then around in 2009. And I wasn't really engaged with the AT community or with the blind community in any way at that stage. I was kind of just I'd gone through mainstream school and worked away and wasn't really too involved, um, although I was always into gadgets. But I just was on YouTube one day and just typed in, uh, on, an, on the off chance, iPhone accessibility, just to see, did they actually have anything? Because it occurred to me, my friends who have iPhones probably wouldn't have a clue if there were accessibility features or not. So mm -hmm. I just typed yeah. it in and I saw that they'd released VoiceOver and Zoom, I think it was at that point. Um, so I, I was still in contract with my Nokia phone. So I got an iPod Touch originally and in 2009, and then in January 2010, I got my first iPhone, which is a 3GS, which is a gorgeous phone. Yep. Uh, I still really like that phone, actually, even the shape of it and the... I don't care if it had a plastic back, it was a lovely phone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe it's a first love thing, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a scary time in that when those when the smartphones first came out when the, you know the first generation of uh, of Apple iPhone because I don't know they didn't really make a big splash about accessibility features even though they were I don't know were they baked in right at the beginning Steve not at the beginning not until the three GS yeah it was the three GS though two thousand and so it was two years in fairness before they got it in but um yeah when they did it they did it right I think for the mm -hmm. most part oh yeah yeah. Yeah, we have to give him, give him credit for that, for sure. Yeah, and it's funny because like, from then in, it's then I became suddenly, over the years, I transitioned to just all things Apple because, 
it's an ecosystem, I guess, as part of it, and everything kind of links in together. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting an iPad later, you know, and then when I needed a new laptop, or my laptop maybe was getting a little bit old, so I decided, okay, and I was getting to the point where I absolutely needed a screen reader on my PC. So I was like, I can either throw a thousand euro on um, JAWS. I wasn't. I don't even know if NVIDIA existed in those days, and if it did, I didn't know about it. So yeah. my choice was a thousand yeah, euro on so. JAWS and yeah. possibly a new laptop in a year's time, or fifteen hundred on a Mac with VoiceOver baked in. Right. So, you know, that's just at the time I was starting to use a screen reader for the first time, anyway. So. So it was yeah, econo- economics that drove you towards the Mac to start with. A bit of that, and a bit of I suppose familiarity. I used, you know, I used iPhone and iPad, and had VoiceOver on them, so I kind of knew about it, you know, and I just thought it would all seamlessly work together a little bit better so it kind of made sense in that point of view as well and i was only learning screen readers anyway you know i did play around with jaws a little bit now the ncbi which is um the national council for the blind of ireland um you know i was in their training center and i'd learned a bit about jaws and screen readers on desktops and stuff but for my own use i uh, i decided to go mac now i do still use windows at work i don't have a choice but and it's fine as well. When I say I don't have a choice, I don't mean that in a horrible way. I just, it is it is what it is. Most companies use Windows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've just been kind of all things at Apple really since then. And um, I've had various ones, the 3GS, the 5S, the 6S, and I got my 10 last week. So Wow, Ooh. really? Oh, Ryan, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Apple was the first the first company too to really come up with this idea of a of an ecosystem, um, and you know, working multiple devices within the same the same realm like that. And everybody, you know, else has sort of followed suit now. You know, now you have Windows phones and and um, you know all the Google stuff. Um, so you know, you know, again, you know, they they certainly are we're industry leaders. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like obviously. The iPod was so huge for them as well, you know, and the getting yep. the music store and all that. Yep. They just, they timed things perfectly as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah, the iPhone just just smashed it at the time when it came out. So. Yeah, Steve Jobs deserves a lot of credit for, for launching that. Oh, yeah, there's a big brain there, though. I mean, you know, that whole that whole enterprise is a big thinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think that I, I think that you know he is sorely missed in that company. Um, I think that yeah. it w- it would look very different uh, to what it does today if he was still alive. Yeah, in some ways, I mean, he obviously just brought so much to it, and from the product design point of view, he obviously brought an awful lot to it. But I think at the same time, Apple has kind of become a different company in good ways. Like it's a more it, it, they certainly are selling themselves as a much more kind of socially responsible kind of company, and they're doing a better job on that side of things, and a little bit more of an open kind of company as well. So I guess we'll never know, though, will we? No, <laughs> it's true. Say, yeah, the, I notch do. Would, the notch wouldn't be on the ten without with Steve Jobs there, but who knows? Like, because not everything was perfect under Steve Jobs either. True. Yeah. No, and I think you know they are slowly starting to open themselves up to other players in the market you know at some point in time they're going to allow amazon instant video on the apple tvs that's coming but they said it was coming this year so yeah and i don't think that ever would have happened before yeah possibly and even like uh, apple music on android Mm i don't think that would have happened on that's right Yeah. yeah that's very true whether anyone's using it on android i don't know but um probably switchers might 
Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little bit then about, about the website, about Apple Viz. So Apple Viz, I believe it's going since very early in the um, in the Apple accessibility journey, like around kind of 2009, 2010, I think they got started. I discovered it around that point, around 2010, 2011, I would say, um, as primarily a place to go and look and see what apps I could use, what apps were accessible. Because we all know the issue with you download a great app and uh, what do you know, it doesn't work with voiceover. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, that was always its kind of primary function. And I think some point along the way around in 2010 or 2011, they added in a forum. And I'd say that's probably been part, a huge part of the making of that website and how it's become a really popular website. Um, and I was just user for several years i'd pop in there a few times a week and if i saw questions i didn't that i could help other people out with i would do that um i would have my own questions and generally you know you get answers to your questions if you're looking for help so just yeah i was a regular user a fairly regular contributor without being one of the maybe the top ones but always there thereabouts and last um Last summer, then they um, they had an ad, sort of a, a post up saying they were looking for a couple of new members to their editorial team, and I can go into in a minute what we actually do. But uh, they put that ad up, and I uh, I sent in kind of my details of what I you know my history both on the site and with Apple products and what I thought I could bring to the table, and uh, then I, they followed up with a Skype call and yeah offered myself and another guy called Tyler the roles so. Yeah, we're delighted to be to be involved. It's a lot of work. There's plenty to keep us busy, especially at this time of year. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Uh, so, is it mainly like news articles that you guys, or, or are there are there guides? Um, um, yeah, there wouldn't be much. It wouldn't be so much be news articles. It'd be blog posts, and we do have a blog team as well who work, uh, who do posts. Whose job it is, I suppose, in a sense, to do to do posts, and just any user can submit a blog post as well. So there would be that. There'll be a lot of question and answers. So a lot of it is forum, you know, monitoring the forum. Okay. So people ask, how, how do I do X or how do I do Y? Monitoring from a quality point of view, obviously, and, you know, behavioral point of view, which thankfully isn't a huge problem on the site. Um, but also, you know, we would dip in and, and answer questions where we can if we happen to know the answer. We have guides up there as well, yeah. So, you know, for new users. So if you're new to iOS and new to Mac, you can go to AppleViz and, and find some introductions, uh, you know, some introductory material to take you through the steps of getting stuff set up and getting used to, to how to do things on the platform. And um, we, as well as podcasts as well so we have a it's very much it's it's a community website so it's not so much supposed to be you know us as a website delivering to the end users it's supposed to be you know we're just kind of managing where the editorial team is supposed managing the uh, the community kind of input you know so users will send in podcasts um that they've recorded on say demonstrating features of ios or demonstrating an app that they like or what have you and will Monitors, you know, do some quality control because we have to have some level of kind of standards while we understand, you know, these it's amateurs, you know, it's people who don't have professional equipment and that kind of stuff. And that's all fine. But there, you know, there has to be some level of, of quality control at the same time, right. making sure it's understandable and all the rest of it. And we would edit those and, and put them out. And then we would make some of our own content as well. So like I did, a, I recorded a couple of podcasts last week on, you know, setting up Face ID on the iPhone 10 and, 
the new gestures and stuff. And I've gone down to introduce people to those. So, and, mm. and Thomas on our team every year does a whole host of podcasts on the new iOS release. So it's a bit of the mix of the two where we create some element of content, but a huge amount of content is, um, is user is, you know, the community and um, doing that. And then there's the apps, the app, um, what would you call it? Catalog, I suppose. So anyone can submit an app to the catalog as well. And it just gives an outline of what the app is and how accessible it is. And right. then there's a, a forum thread below that. So people can, can chat about, you know, their own experiences with the app or ask questions. So it's quite a lot to it. But yeah. it well, that's uh, fantastic. And I mean, that's, that would be like incredibly handy because I mean, that's one of the big things is that there's so many apps there, you know, where to get started in terms of, of what's going to be accessible. So, I can see yeah. that, that that would be a great feature on the site. Um, let me ask you this. So for somebody who has been knee deep in the ecosystem for seven, eight years, um, what's your take on, on uh, how accessibility has, has slowly improved on Apple products uh, across the board? I think it's, it's widened. So, um, certainly on the, on the voiceover kind of side, we've seen it. On iOS, for example, it's become more and more of a close to a to a desktop standard. You know, they've added in, um, you know, various controls over um, how verbose you wanted to, you know, verbosity controls and these kinds of things, and just tweaked it. They've added features like, I don't know if you guys, when you guys switched away, or when Ryan, when you switched away in particular, when you would have been a voiceover user, if you had the actions menu when you were using voiceover in the rotor. Which is like a really simple way to just delete, you know, going through your emails and you just flick up and tap and delete, you know what I mean? Whereas you used to have to oh, go to an edit button and select the email and then select delete, you know, these kind of little tweaks that they just keep adding to it. Um, same with the Zoom side of things. They add things. They've added, you know, high contrast and bold text and all these things over the years. And then I think as well, they've looked more and more into other disability areas because and I know I'm guilty of it plenty of thinking of accessibility as being a blindness thing when it's clearly there's plenty of other um, issues out there. So, you know, motor issues and they've, you know, they've got features for people with hearing impairments, even things like in the Apple Watch last year, mm -hmm. they added um, wheelchairs, wheelchair activities to the, you know, for people uh, for the activity section. So, uh which I don't think any other manufacturer has thought of, and I stand nope. to be corrected. But I think that's the kind of thing, and it, it kind of shows the the level to which they um, it is just part of the culture now. I think in Apple, which is great, and I'd love to see it in more companies, including the one I work for myself, where it's actually part of the everyday. You know, when they release a new product, it's wood of. It's not the central thing, of course, but it's wood of the the boxes that has to be ticked when they mm -hmm. release a new product. I think that's that's huge and i think that's become the case because obviously the iphone came out and for the first two years didn't have this stuff whereas now any new product be it you know the apple watch came out or the new apple tvs came out and they always they have it from the start which i think is fantastic yeah well i mean they they certainly have the advantage of you know having been working on this stuff longer than anybody else um so you know they've gotten to a point where they've they've been able to refine it to a degree that i don't think you know, I think that everybody else is is still catching up in terms of accessibility. Mm. I mean, I think that, you know, the stuff that Google's doing is, is great. Um, you know, and, and as much as I love Android and stuff, uh, 
I mean, wouldn't you say, Ryan? I mean, I guess I should ask you. I mean, do you find that that Android still has some some ground to catch up on in terms of accessibility? Yeah, there's definitely some areas where, you know, Android does one thing and then Apple incorporates it and then Apple does something and, and Google copies it as well. But when I was reading your blog post, Dave, on your experience, mm. your one month with Android, um, you know, it was interesting to see just in the last, you know, six, seven months, what changes have been made to Android, you know, such mm. as granular, granularity now. So you can swipe and change your characters to words, to paragraphs, to headings, to lines, to links, you know, so navigating a website becomes a lot more efficient. Um, That's a huge increase. Yeah. That's a huge improvement, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. One of the downsides to Android, though, is the Braille support is really lagging. Um, everybody yeah. I've talked to who uses an iPhone praises uh, the Braille support on the iOS devices. So I'm really hoping that the Google accessibility team focuses a lot more on Braille on their devices. But, you know, it's a work in progress, and it is getting better with every update that comes out. So, Yeah. And it's interesting, I always, I always say, like, these two companies, they, they push each other, mm-hmm. which is great for all of us, you know what I mean? And I, I can't remember which feature it was, but I know in that blog post, I had a, I, I referred to something that Android does, and I said, I'd be perfectly happy for Apple to uh, to copy this next year, you know? Right. Yeah, it is, it is <laughs> funny, you know, for, for as, you know, it, it's kind of a bummer that, you know, you have these two, you know, these two manufacturers and these two operating systems sort of battling it out. But at the end of the day, it does make everything better because you know innovation and competition is a is a great combination yeah absolutely and where like st- at this point now and i know ryan you're totally blunt so you obviously don't agree with me but uh, generally <laughs> i would say to somebody who's screen reader dependent i would always still say go with ios i just think it's a it's a smoother experience from what i've been able to tell <laughs> anyway but if you're low vision and you're using magnification and zoom and high contrast and stuff, I think there's a very strong argument to say maybe even Google's ahead a little bit, you know? So There are definitely um, some places where, you know, swiping or, or tapping sometimes on the Android device doesn't always work. You know, 98% of the time it does. Um, yeah. You know, the biggest hurdle I have is if I'm in an app and my phone rings, I lose focus and can't answer the phone call. You know, that's a, that's a big disappointment. Um, and I'm sure there's a gesture or something that I can try to figure out to get that to work. Um, <laughs> yeah, not what we want to see. <laughs> you want to see what, the gesture? Yeah, yeah. As, opposed, as opposed to the gesture you're yeah, using that's right. now. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think the advantage that the iPhone has over Android is you get what Apple gives you. Right, you're kind of in this walled garden. So there's not a lot of customization you can do to that device. What you get is what you get, and you're safe. You're secure. If you want to experiment a little bit more with custom launchers and backgrounds and wallpapers and widgets and, you know, just really customize your phone, then Android's a little bit more, I think, geeky for you. It's true, yeah. I mean, I used to jailbreak once upon a time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we've all been there. Yeah, it got to the point though where most of the stuff wasn't really useful enough to <laughs> to bother keeping it up, and I'd right. rather be on the newer OS than, yeah, than have a jailbroken one. And yeah, Apple, yeah, they've added too. 
in fairness, I think they have opened up a little bit again, you know, and obviously you say, well, you know, there's things like wallpapers are no problem to change, but yeah, um, they've added widgets in a sense. I never really got the widget thing, to be honest with you. I think I said in that article, I only found one widget that I actually found useful anyway yeah, when right. I was on Android. So, and I, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. I do prefer the, the home screen setup on Android. I like that every app doesn't have to be on the home screen and you can just right. have an apps folder with everything in it from A to Z. Right. And I've kind of copied that a little bit on my, my iOS device that like I have a home screen now with all my main apps that I yep. want every day. And then page two is just a series of folders, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I just go into the one, you know, because for all those other apps, I don't want to go, oh, did I put that in the utilities uh, folder <laughs> Ooh, yeah. or did I put it in the navigation folder? You know, yeah. it's, it's easier just to go so, with the app. <laughs> so tell us about your uh, experience with the uh, the new iPhone. Um, so it's early days. I have to, you know, it's been less than a week. <laughs> and they, they over, over uh, sorry, under promise, over delivered on the delivery date for me because it was supposed to come today, but it actually arrived on uh, Friday. Nice. So I was very happy with that. Um, I really, what I really like about it is I had a six, I had one of the plus phones a few years ago, the six plus or success plus or something. And it, I didn't like it. Like I loved the idea of the bigger screen, but the thing was just so big and unwieldy. I just couldn't, um, yeah, couldn't deal with it. It just annoyed me. So I went back down to the 4.7 inch regular iPhone, which I was much happier with. This one is kind of a compromise between the two because the phone is virtually the same size as the 4.7. It's a little thicker and heavier now. Admittedly, it does still feel feel more substantial than the 4.7, but it's in terms of reaching things on the screen and stuff, it's the same kind of very similar, easy to hold and work with, but with the bigger screen. So it's really, really nice that that screen just goes that whole way from you know from one side to the other there's mm -hmm. just no, no bezel, bezel around it at all apart right. from that lovely little notch <laughs> <laughs> so i really like that i love having the big screen even though i am a screen reader user and i only have a certain amount of vision i still would kind of look at a youtube video or you know i would find icons on the screen visually to some extent or with explore by touch to some extent so it's easier just to hit those targets with the larger screen so uh, i really like that i like the gestures now where you Instead of having the home button, you just, you know, flick up from the bottom of the screen to close an app or you flick hmm. up a little bit further to get to the app switcher. And they're, they're working quite well for me. And they're, thankfully, my fear when they announced it was they were going to have um, kind of awkward. Apple have a tendency to have kind of three finger gestures and this right. kind of stuff, yeah. you know, like you guys <clears throat> on Android, I think you can pretty much swipe down from the top of the screen in one motion to open your notification center. Whereas yeah, we that's have right. to put focus on the status bar and then swipe down to three fingers whereas now with the iphone 10 we have an option you can just swipe down from the top of the screen with one finger and open your notification center or hmm. your control center so those little tweaks are really nice if you're especially if you're sort of if you want to be kind of a one-handed usage a lot of the time which especially if you're holding a cane or a guide dog or something like that yeah absolutely uh, so that's a big improvement face id i'm i'm not there yet on face id <laughs> It's uh, It works most of the time, but it's not working for me as reliably as Touch ID Is was. Is that right? But well, it, didn't work I for think the, that's, it didn't work for them on sorry. stage either, right? So. Uh, no, in fairness, that was, uh, that was just because if the phone, you know, if you if Touch ID fails so many times or if the phone's just been turned on, the passcode needs to be used first time. Uh, and it was, that's all that was. Oh, so okay. It didn't actually fail on it. It was that the stage hands had actually put it into the locked mode. I stand correct. <laughs> so, yeah, Jonathan, but, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan. I know Wilson, it works most yeah. of the time. It's just I feel like I have to have the phone maybe a foot away from my 
face kind of thing. So if I pick up the phone closer to my face, it won't recognize me. You'd have to pull it back a little bit to get mm. it to recognize me. Whereas I never had that thought process with Touch ID. With Touch ID, you just press it right. and you're in, you know. So maybe it's, it's a bit of adapting, I think. But also, it's, I suppose it's still maybe learning my, because it sort of learns over time to recognize mm-hmm. you a bit better as well. So I think, yeah, I don't dislike it. It's just it's not as fluid for me yet as, as Touch ID was. But I'm, I'm hoping. I think it's, it's worth it's worth the you know what you get right. in return yeah so. I, I was i was looking at my twitter feed and jonathan molson put out a, a tweet on uh, the the face id and he he said he was praising uh um tim cook for it but <laughs> he was he he said it was very elegantly uh um set up and, and quite accessible yeah i know it is and the way they did it like and again they think of kind of when you're setting it up they think of even it, it talks to you and says, move slightly to the right, you know what I mean? So that you're in the frame when oh, you're doing nice. the setup, like, you know. Um, they're, they're good for kind of thinking of the detail, I think it's fair to say. So, yeah, no, yeah. I do like it. And it's cool, like, you know, you open something like one password and before you've even had to put your finger down on a Touch ID sensor, it's already unlocked you, you know what I mean? So it's just really, I think, about getting the positioning of, of where I hold the phone and that kind of stuff, or possibly I need to... Uh, look at redo you know um going in and, and setting it up again or something like that i don't know but yeah it works like almost all the time it's just every now and then and i have to be i have to think which i didn't have to do with touch ID. <laughs> okay. yeah one of the really nice things I've, I've always liked about apple and and you know i listen to a lot of different podcasts including one or two on apple products is their ability to release updates without having to go through carriers you know, when iOS 11 came out, there were issues with the emails being deleted and there were some issues with Braille. But, you know, Apple was able to release updates for that very quickly. Google has to go through all the carriers to release Android updates. And I'm not sure, you know, that's, that is changing slowly. But, you know, I'll give Apple credit for how they do what they do because they release updates quite quickly. I think that's great. Yeah, that, and everybody just, you just get the update with no hassle. Whereas... Mm-hmm. How many people, honestly, are on the newest version of of Android? It's still, I know it's always been the problem and they've always talked about fragmentation, but yeah, I don't think yeah. they've quite solved it yet. No, <laughs> not, not yet. at all. That's why I've stuck to Google's phones. <clears throat> you know, you just, everybody else is taking Android and making some kind of modifications to it. I don't think anybody other than, mm. other than Google themselves uses native Android without modification. That's why there's always yeah. the delays in the updates mm. to, uh, you know, Samsung phones and other other manufacturers' phones. Yep. Yeah, you're going through you're going through Samsung first, and then you're going through the carrier, and then eventually it might reach you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, exactly. So I mean, we do pay a price for you know the customization that that Ryan was talking about before. You know, being outside that walled garden. You know, there there mm-hmm. there are some cons with that, and the advantage though is you can go out and pick the phone that suits your needs. You know, you're not just yeah. tied to one one or two size phones. You can go to Motorola, Samsung, LG, Google. Mm-hmm. You know, you got yeah, a lot more choice. True. I think that shows as well in the fact that if you look at Apple's range now, you can get anything from maybe a three hundred dollar phone and up to. And I know there's still much cheaper Android phones even than that, but still they've kind yeah. of broadened out their price range now yeah. by keeping the SE and the 6S and the 7 and things in the lineup as well. So Yeah, it's funny. I was I think, like I was looking at eBay this morning for an iPhone 7 Plus and they're still looking at, you know, 900 to 1000. dollars I just shook, <laughs> just shook my head. Yeah. I just helped Sue set up her 7 last night. Oh my god. 
There's a reason my forehead is bloody. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder that as well. That whole thing about customization, like I know my sister makes that argument to me sometimes about, oh, Android is much more customizable. customizable. And I was like, what have you ever customized? Yeah. <laughs> and nothing. Yeah. yeah. I just no, want a phone that works. Being able to is, is appealing. Yeah. All I wanted to do was put on a unique ringtone. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> install iTunes, install Bonjour, install the 32 version of support, install the 64 version of support. And so, oh. <laughs> so have you run into that issue, David, with the new iPhone 8s and 10s with not being able to run the 32-bit apps? Um, yes and no, as in I've seen it, but there was only, I think, of uh, maybe 170-odd apps I had on my phone, I think three didn't work okay. and none of them were particularly ones I particularly cared about. So oh, good. I think the overwhelming majority of apps are, are updated. There's just kind of, there's one or two people like, <laughs> I, it wouldn't affect me because I couldn't play it anyway, but I heard some people complaining the Flappy Bird wasn't working anymore. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, crap, no, come no. on. And no, never mind. <laughs> um, well, uh, let me ask you this. Um, what's your experience with the Apple Watch and uh, how do you feel that that has been positioned as a, you know, a real, a real highly potential or, or something that, that has some, some high potential in terms of AT. I think Apple Watch is, uh, it's, I think it's only probably this year that it's really reached what they wanted it to be. You know, I have an original Apple Watch still and I'm kind of looking at newer ones going, hmm, maybe yeah. or will I wait till next year? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the first one, I think they didn't even know what they, you know, they put out a product and there's a little bit of, well, let's see how people use it and see what it's good for. And yes. Go from there. <laughs> like, And this year it's starting to kind of reach that uh, potential. Um, for AT, it's, um, it's great to have an accessible version for the things like the activity tracking and all that kind of stuff. It has thing, features like... Um, the emergency SOS and things like that. I think the new one having, although a part of me thinks I don't want LTE in my watch. I'm never really away from my phone. And right. I'm certainly not paying an extra five euro a month or something for, for the privilege or 10 euro a month for the privilege. Right. Um, but, and actually it's not available in Ireland anyway yet. So it's not even a choice. Um, but I think there are definitely a lot of people who want that, who will take a lot of comfort from having the, that knowledge that if they don't have their phone with them or if they lose their phone or if something happens, they still have their watch and they can still make calls um, in an emergency situation if they needed to. Yeah, well, um, we, um, we, we've talked to... Uh, uh, Molly Watt. Molly Watt, yeah, who's a... Who's a I'm not sure. I think she's in, I want to say London. Over there somewhere. Um, but yeah, she's yeah. Um, she's got Usher syndrome, so she's, she's you know, close to deaf blind. And... Uh, she has a an app and a hearing aid app on her Apple Watch that uh, oh, cool. has just saved her. You know, just just saves her life in terms of uh, how useful it is on a day to day basis. And she just loves the Apple Watch. And so, you know, I kind of always think of that particular example where, mm. um, yeah, it, it because it's because it's so portable and you can load apps on it like that um i just see it you know it really i i feel like it's untouched in in way in a way in terms of of at potential and i think that that we'll we'll see some real progress in that in that realm because nobody yeah, else still, has anything it's still like a it. young product like this still so 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 much the potential in in the product yeah definitely 
Yeah, and I think part of the problem with with the whole watch thing is nobody's really figured out how to engage people with it in a in a major mm. way. You know, it, it's still like it's, you know, okay, here here's a technology that we've been talking about since Dick Tracy back in the fifties. <laughs> we finally got it. Now what do we do with it? Yeah. 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 That's still me now. Like I use it mostly for, you know, I sometimes check my notifications on it. I, you know, check the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the weather, you know, what time is sunset today or something like that. Um, but apps, you know what I mean? Like just trying to put an iPhone app onto an eye, onto a little screen on your wrist doesn't make any sense. So they, you have to really, they have to really think about like what's, what do you want to do on your wrist? You know, I would only want to send a message on my wrist even in a pinch if I, you know, I literally couldn't get to my phone. <laughs> like, why else would I want to send a message from my from my watch? Well, and there's so, so many uh, different options for activity tracking as well. You know, like there's the yeah. Fitbits and the Garmin's and, you know, the, the Samsung mm. Gears and all these other different smart technologies. You know, where does the Apple Watch fit in there? You know, I guess it's maybe it's for me, it was the all in one approach, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I kind of had this watch that's tied into the Apple ecosystem and I can do those other things if and when I need to do them. And it's my activity tracker as well. So do you watch so, Netflix on it? <laughs> I haven't quite done that yet. <laughs> well, even to do anything like holding your wrist out in front of you gets quite tiring after a while. <laughs> no kidding. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room then. Let's talk about Rick. Rick. No, not Rick. <laughs> Listen. He, well, he did. He did have a McDonald's breakfast burrito earlier. But, yeah. Um, no. Let's let. Oh, hold on. Let's see elephant. Speaking of which. Rick speaking. Yep. Sorry, we're just we'll. Rick, Rick hasn't got this do not disturb idea down yet. Yeah, he's... Um, it's a possibility I'm going to call you back. I'm on a phone call with uh, somebody from Ireland. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> or social graces. We're, we're still working on that. I got told yesterday that I have an extremely good phone manner. Real by who? Yeah, was it was it somebody that you were on the phone with? Clearly, yeah, Rick still works with people with brain injury. <laughs> well, he's here, isn't he? Well, it's pile on Rick Day. Yeah. Well, he's I'm not, going home. You guys don't smarten up. I'm going home. We don't see him all that often. He doesn't join us all the time for podcasts. Yeah, so we're, we're a little excited. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys all in the same room? Yeah, we yeah, are. We are. Yeah. So yeah, he's we're we're all within striking distance of each other. So yeah, <laughs> I just threw my breakfast bag at Ryan. So you did. There. <laughs> oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Um, no, let let um. So iTunes. Now, oh, oh my God. Now this is uh, must we for for me we for must me, for me personally. This is the reason why I I, I left. Apple in the first place. I had an iPhone. I was I was perfectly happy with it. But when it came to uh, to upgrading, it's and so I had a, an actual choice, um, it iTunes is what is what um, drove me away because it's just such clunky. a cumbersome, clunky, confusing piece of software it's to use. So cryptic. And and Apple just forces you to use it. Um, how, what's your feeling on it and have they improved it at all over the years? 
Okay, so it is one of the big mysteries of Apple, I think. <laughs> why has iTunes not been kind of broken down and rebuilt from the ground up mm, or actually is. possibly rebuilt as several different apps, even, you know what I mean? Yeah. A music playing app and a video playing app. Um, for me, it's improved a little. Like they take, they have taken some functionality away again, so it's a bit less clunky, but it's... The thing is, for me, is I don't need to use it anymore. Things... That's kind of what's changed more than iTunes itself, is that in the last few years, you don't need it. You know, oh. you do your updates over the air. You don't need to plug it into iTunes to do your updates. You just get your apps. You have all everything, you know, through iCloud now. Your contacts and all that stuff will download through, through uh, iCloud. So there's very little. You can get away without plugging into iTunes more than once or twice a year if you want to. Oh, geez, so, that's, that's fantastic. Well, uh, yeah, but let's back up a little bit. If you want to create playlists and sync your music library on your PC or to your computer, you're going to have to use iTunes for that. Yeah. You, to sync it in the first place, yeah. You can make playlists. Once they're on your phone, you can make the playlists on your phone. Okay. So, um, and obviously if you're an Apple Music subscriber, then once everything's uploaded into, or even an, an iCloud, what do they call it? The other thing, iCloud Music Match or something, which is the thing where it just matches your own music with iTunes store music. Um, right. Again, that's kind right. of a, once it's done, it's done, and then you can manage it from your phone. So, But how expensive, yeah, is, honestly, how expensive yeah, is iCloud? I believe, if it's still going even, uh, iCloud... Music library, I think, was €25 Euro a year. I think it was probably whatever around $20, I guess. And how much space um, does that give you? That's, I think, 25,000 songs or something. So that's just the music okay. kind of thing for matching your music. Right. You know what I mean? So that it's all held in the cloud. Uh, I Apple Music itself, the main service, is nine, $9.99 a month. Same as, it's the same it's price matched with Spotify, okay. basically. Uh, iCloud itself... Um, they still give us a whole five gigabytes for free. Um, mm. And then after that, it's 99 cents a month for like 50 gigabytes. Or I think if you pay $10 a month or 10 euro a month, you get uh, two, gig two terabytes. That's for your kind of, you know, equivalent to Dropbox or right. Google Drive or okay. what have you. Or if you want to use it for the, the for photos and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, um I think they, aside from the fact that I think they should give more free storage than five gigs, I think their pricing is pretty competitive with, with the market um, when you get into the sort of the terabytes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's odd. It's, it's odd when you think about it because I'd be curious to, to be a fly on the wall in some, some meetings somewhere in the Apple headquarters because there's they've had to have had conversations about itunes for years i mean well mm. the experience is probably i don't know i've never used a mac but it's probably better on a mac than it is using oh, jaws for windows yeah oh, well, that's, that could be yeah. yeah that could be so, so maybe I'm, that's why i don't hate it as much because i'm using it on the mac maybe but. <laughs> <laughs> sure maybe it, maybe it makes more sense conceptually once you're mm -hmm. when you're in that ecosystem yeah uh, it's your friend as opposed sense. to if you're just plugging in an iPhone to a Windows PC and trying oh to use iTunes mm -hmm. to sync your music library. It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. My wife came home. She said, I got a new phone. The office gave me a new phone. Woohoo! What have you got? An iPhone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me they didn't do that. So Yeah, it's an iPhone 7. It's no, It's brand new. 
<sighs> I swear though, if you if she didn't want to if she didn't want to sync her music library, she wouldn't have to plug into iTunes at all. Yeah, like, the only the only go, pro- the just only turn on thing the, phone and set it up. only thing I wanted to put on was the Wallander ringtone. <laughs> that is was it, it that important? That is it. It was that important apparently. <laughs> oh my god, I was three hours at it. Oh wow. no, should have called David. Yeah, and and I'm relatively tech savvy, believe it or not. <laughs> Well, boys, are we going to jump back to iPhone? Well, look. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, listen. So, I mean, so, so much. No. <laughs> you know what? I, I, no. To, be, to be super no. honest with you, if I bought a Mac, it, then I would totally switch back to an iPhone. Was, uh, like, I like that idea of being in an ecosystem where you can just switch devices. And, well, and, that's kind of where I've, I've been too, right? Like I have a Chromecast and I've got an Android phone. I have an Apple TV. I've got well, I've got two Apple TVs in my house that I use. Um, you know, I've got iTunes on my computer that I use to create playlists and stream music to my stereo upstairs. Um, you know, so I could make the switch back to an iPhone, but I just don't know. I think you know it's going to be more attractive here in Canada, David, as of December first. Our telco carriers have to unlock phones for people at no charge. Okay. Up till now, we've had to pay you know up to fifty dollars or more for a carrier to unlock our phones. And that's even when you're out of contract, like they. Yep. Yep. You still charge. That's crazy. Yeah. We haven't had that for a long, long time. Yeah. So being able to grab a new phone, have it unlocked, use it on any carrier we want. It's going to really make things a lot more attractive to people because when you're locked into a contract, you're stuck. Even if you want to unlock your phone with that carrier, yeah. it's still going to cost you 50 bucks. Yeah. Contracts are far less popular over here. Right. So most, especially younger people, you know, anyone up as far as kind of students and stuff would always be prepaid usually. And even people who are working often would just stick with prepay. It's always, you know, you can top up by 20 euro or 25 euro for the month and that you'll have, as well as all your calls and texts and all that stuff, you'll have unlimited data with some networks, uh, you know, for, for kind of 20, 20 euro a month. So What is unlimited or, data? We don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Very I mean, rarely. I, I was paying, you know, we have a lot of people, we would have been, what I was doing is, a, what I do is a SIM-free contract. So, you know, I don't. I didn't get a phone from my my provider. I just got the SIM card, so it's just a thirty day rolling contract, and I can get out of any time I like. But I had to just bought the phone myself. And Apple over here, though, and I think in most of the world, but I'm not sure about Canada. I know in the US they don't always do it, but over here you can just buy the phone direct from Apple, unlocked. You know, and right. same with any any other provider. You know, any yeah. other manufacturer. So. Yeah, we can do that. I think we're a bit luckier than they are over in the States anyway. Yeah, we can buy unlocked phones from Google, um, probably other carriers as well. Um, You know, I have an iPhone 5C that I actually pulled out of my drawer last night and charged. And it's, you know, thinking about swapping my SIM over to it just to play with it again for a while. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. You know, the iPhones are attractive, but, you know, everybody and their dog has one. So I like to be different. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, I I guess (laughs) iPhone is probably, like iPhone is clearly very popular over here, but Android is definitely the majority over here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. You know, Um, and I think it's because for a long time, like I say, now there's more affordable iPhones, but for a long time, the iPhone was expensive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Android offered 
more more range of price you know right well well speaking of that uh just one more quick question I, I, and i think that we'll have to let you go because we're we're running late but um what what is your impression or what's the word on the apple streets about the price point of the new phones um the, you know it obviously one of the more expensive phones to ever come out uh, mm. i don't know are, do you think people will will embrace it at that price point i think the the crazy people like me are <laughs> racing it. Um, it's the first, like, it's not hugely more expensive than, say, a Galaxy Note 9 or, um, or is it 8 is on there, whatever it's on there. And, um, you know, the, the very, very top phones across both platforms are in mm -hmm. that range. But I think it is probably the first one to break the $1,000 yeah. barrier. Right. Um, I've heard, uh, I know Rene Richie from describes it as next year's iPhone this year kind of thing, or that's kind of what you're paying for. So if you want, you know, to just stay below that, you can still get pretty much the same phone just without the edge to edge screen and the face ID in an iPhone 8 right. or 8 plus, yeah. which or are at the same kind of price point as they always were, you know? And then if you just, if you really, really want that to be at the, at the pinnacle, then you, you can pay the extra. So, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, ordinary people going, that's crazy, I'd never spend that on a phone. But often they're the same people who wouldn't have spent the the money on the newest iPhone anyway. Fair enough. So. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. And, I mean, or they could just be patient and wait six, eight months, and, you know, it'll drop. It'll drop eventually. Mm -hmm. and yeah, definitely. So, um, all right, well, listen, uh, tell people where they can find Apple Viz on the web and... Uh, and um, where they can contact you. Cool. Yeah. So we're at appleviz.com, which is A-P-P-L-E-V-I-S.com. So it's a really good community website if you're new to iOS or you're experienced with iOS. You know, it's a really good place to come and um, help other people out and uh, find answers yourself and, um, you know, know what, keep up to date with what's going on in the Apple universe from a blind and low vision point of view. So... Yeah, go to AppleViz.com. I'm uh, on Twitter is probably the best. I'm at David Nason one D-A-V-I-D-N for November. A-S-O-N-1 is my Twitter. Excellent. Well, you know what? Maybe once, you know, we'll, we'll, we're, we're, we're turning over a new leaf. Uh, we're going to try to try to do more Apple shows. So maybe if we Great. do an Apple show, we'll, we'll call you up and have you sit in and, and you can explain some of the nuances that, that us Android heathens might miss. <laughs> <laughs> I'd absolutely love to that would be brilliant fantastic uh, Dave thanks so much for joining us today and uh, thank you yeah we, we'll talk to you again great stuff thanks a million thank we'll go out, we'll go out for a drink the next time we're in Ireland <laughs> absolutely where, I might be in Vancouver next summer you know where well, oh hey, well, well there you go where well, are you definitely look us up <laughs> where are you in Ireland I'm in Dublin right in Dublin yeah Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. In, uh... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> nice. Wow, we just in, we just invited him for a drink. Oh, I've been I've been many them. times to Dublin. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh cool. Yeah. Well, if you're coming to Vancouver, definitely look us up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, do my sister's in. Um, I think she's in the East End. Is that a thing? <laughs> it is yep. a thing. Yep. We know where it's up. Yeah. And I know a really good oh, Irish pub. Well, there are oh, several that, um, downtown. Mahoney's and Mahoney's or something, is that? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, one. One. that's one. That's one. Yeah. I didn't go in, but I was there last year. We walked past it a couple of times. <laughs> we were up in, we were up staying at that point. We were up in Mount Pleasant is where we were staying. Yeah. And you would be the only uh, person in town who knew how to say it properly. <laughs> yeah. My sister joked about that. She goes, they all call it Mahoney's. It's like, we'd call it Mahoney's. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, and by the way, Halloween, it's on Samhain. Oh, yeah, that that tripped us up. (laughs) That is not spelled right. (laughs) MH and BH can be like a W kind of sound in Irish when, if in the right context. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's as bad as trying to learn to speak Welsh. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. We at least have vowels in our words. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thanks. Thanks again, Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Great stuff. Thanks, Minigus. Okay. Thank Very you. Good. Take, Take care. care. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. If ever I go back to an Apple product, remind me to have my wife commit me to Riverview. <laughs> oh my God. What we've been, a nightmare. We've been reminding her to do that for years. And she doesn't seem committed to <laughs> that. What idea. a nightmare that was yesterday to get that goddamn ringtone on her phone. Yeah. yeah. No, I can imagine. And. and yeah, I remember that from when I had an iPhone trying to get a, a different ringtone. Tone. It was, it was, you, you had to basically stand on your head while turning left and. Yeah. And <laughs> it was well, awful. Jingle I, your keys. And, I, I, re- I remember the day that, that I was just like, I got to get off this iPhone and it was with iTunes and I wanted to literally add 10 songs to my, to my iPhone and it kept saying, okay, well, I'm, we're, it's, I'm going to sync and. That means I'm going to erase absolutely everything on your phone. Is that okay? And I'm like, no, I just want to add. And <laughs> yeah. like, what do you mean? Like, the the instructions are are really cryptic and yeah. Yeah, the, that whole piece of software is really cryptic. Yeah. Well, maybe like you said, maybe it's better on a Mac than it is on a Windows. You maybe. know, I suspect I suspect that is probably the case. a lot more fluid. The um, other the other thing that really ticked me off about iTunes was when it indexed my music files and decided that any music files that didn't have the proper MP3 tags on it, it was going to erase. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I had I had a lot of music, mm-hmm. a lot of music. Not all legally obtained, mind you, but, <laughs> but disclaimer. We didn't say that on the podcast, though. Well, now I don't have it, so it doesn't matter. It's uh. gone. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe, uh, who knows, maybe the plan is to eventually just phase it out. Maybe they're not going to bother fixing it because eventually it's just going to be moot with iCloud. and. Let's hope so. Just all over the air. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's their plan. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, they took out the App Store part of it, so... Yeah, if I was Apple, I would break that product apart. I, you know, one one product for, you know, syncing, one product for music. Yeah, you know, yeah. One part product for apps. Yeah. You know, there's no need for it to be as what music do you want? as it this is. This is the music I want. Okay, do you yeah. want to sync it to your iPhone now? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But it, but it could be true. It really could just be, you know iTunes on Windows mm-hmm. that is that is busted. Yeah, um, yeah, could be. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's psychological warfare. <laughs> maybe. maybe they're maybe are going to. F- you you want to get rid of that Windows? Yeah, With your just, head. you really need yeah. to get rid of that Windows. Get a Mac. It's not iTunes. It's MacBook. Windows. <laughs> Windows sucks. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Apples are overpriced toys. Well, the I new Google Pixel was twelve, thirteen hundred bucks as well. Well, that's a good yeah, point. That's true. Yeah, I was that's just true. looking actually You're at paying uh, for a flagship. You know, the 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 Galaxy. Uh, what is eight. it here? The Galaxy Note Eight mm. is uh, twelve ninety nine Canadian. Yep. Wow, that's a chunk of change for a phone. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, that's true. The iPhone Seven is twelve ninety nine with two fifty six. Yep. Gigs. The iPhone Seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. Year old. For an un- for an unlocked one. Mm-hmm. Oh no, sorry, that's locked. Oh, that's a locked open box at twelve ninety nine. What? Like I said, I looked on eBay for iPhone sevens oh. and seven pluses this morning, and they were 
anywhere from 800 to 1000 bucks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The iPhone 8 with 256 gigs is 1309. Yeah. Canadian. Yeesh. That's why we stick to contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can subsidize they're subsidized, right? So. Yeah. Wow. Cuz yeah, I don't have 1300 bucks for a new phone. No, that's for sure. Yeah, that's Oof. a truck of change. Yeah. I don't have thirteen hundred bucks for a new office slave. What are you talking about? Well, especially <laughs> you know, especially given that these days, I don't know how long do you hold on to a phone before it really feels, before you really feel like it's it's obsolete. My wife didn't well, want to get rid of her BlackBerry. Okay. Well, oh, sorry. I mean, mm-hmm. guys. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm kind of in a boat where you know I was my my cell phone contract was up, and I find two year contracts are just a little too long because at about the year and a half point. I'm really itching for a new phone. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with the f- current phone I'm using. You know, I'm using an LG G6 now that came out, I think, April of this year. And I'm already like, okay, well, it's a phone. It's, it's Android. It's the same old, same old. You know, I'm already bored with it. But, you know, I wanted a new phone. And it was free on another two-year term. Yep. So I got a new phone just to have a new phone. But really, a phone's a phone's a phone. Sure. You know, as long as it comes to with the specs you need like four gigs of ram or six gigs of ram and a speedy processor what else do you need yeah you know they all still kind of suck when it comes to battery life yeah that's for our first world problems yeah not enough not (laughs) enough chargers out there in the world (laughs) i've got a wireless charger beside my bed now so (laughs) do you yeah uh, is that for your? To, no, never mind. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you, you want another one? I've I've got one at home that we're not using. Well, is it a Qi charger? What's that? Uh, mean? Yep. What's that? What mm. does it do? Yeah. Well, basically, yeah. it plugs into the wall, and you just set your phone on this little it cradle, and it, it charges. Does it work on anything? No, no. not on anything. Your phone, your phone has phone to have has the to support it. Yeah. Oh, my, well, my phone doesn't support it. So. Either does the Galaxy S5 yet? What? A, oh, damn. Yeah, you'd have to new, get a new phone. Well, your contract's coming up, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. We'll get a new phone I with wireless so. charging. In February, I think it's up. You can get an iPhone. I, you know what? I honestly, I would. I think the only reason, the only way that I would get an iPhone is if I got a Mac. I, I would, I would be into the getting into an ecosystem like that because I, I do suspect that that's where it actually isn't annoying as hell. Well, maybe we're still just a little too old school. We're used to USB cables and plugging stuff in and yep. dragging and dropping. True, which we can still do. Yep, you know the. The current generation, millennials and stuff, they're not doing that. It's all over the air and streaming. Yeah, yeah. well, right? that's true. I've, I've never connected my phone to my computer. Never? No. How did you, you put you music, on music on it? Uh, I, I just use Spotify now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Actually, okay. I'm a big Spotify user as well, yeah. but I still have a bunch of stuff. Like now, my local jukebox, if I want anything from there, I can dump it over using usb right so now let me ask you this steve do you when you use spotify do you download songs or do you just stream them i usually just stream them yeah me yeah. too me too but i have a friend that just mocks me for that because like why wouldn't you da- you can download like a thousand songs huh. on the premium spotify like why right. wouldn't you just download them and i don't know i guess for me i don't know it, because i'm a, it's a, a because it's a subscription service i don't feel like i even own the songs and right why download them if i ever break the contract and they'll just go away yeah yeah i i I don't see any point to downloading them you know because i I, i'm not going to listen to the same songs over and over and over again like i once did i you know i want i want to hear new music you know i want to you know i'll have some some favorites that i might put on a playlist or something but you know for the most part i'm i'm looking for 
I'm looking for new music. Yeah, that's and that's the power of, of these subscription services is that, you know, you have access to all this music that you wouldn't have gone exploring for. And, you know, the downside to that, though, is unless you're in a place that has Wi-Fi, you know, we're looking at data caps again, right? Yeah, but I never hit my data cap. I don't download enough. I but, don't now, but when I first got my Galaxy S5, yeah. all Rogers would give me was 500 or 500 megabytes of data. Mm. They wouldn't give me any more unless I started paying for it. It's like, well, I'm already paying so much a month. I don't. I want more data. Yeah. And you know, so now I've got two gigs of data, and I'm paying ten bucks extra a month. But at least two gigs is better than 500 megs. Yeah, so, yeah it's true. You know, data's data's not cheap. True. Not here, anyways. No. Clearly, we need to go to Ireland. Yeah, but I mean, they've got the population to support it, right? In Europe. True. Well, and there are. Well, they, you know, they're also a lot carriers. closer together. Much higher population. That's what and I a say. Much smaller. Yeah, in a um, much smaller space, footprint. Yeah. We have. A, we do have carriers that you know will give you unlimited data, but you know their coverage areas may vary, right? So. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, so you can have unlimited data in Vancouver and in Calgary and in. Right. Yeah. You go to Kamloops and you have no signal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. You're going to just use that www thing forever now, aren't no, you? No, I'm going to change it up. Are you? Yep. Are you sure? I am. I feel like you are falling victim of... of nope. Okay. Nope. All right. You wait and see. All right. I'll we'll surprise see. you. It's all right. Right out of left field. They can also email us if they so desire. Uh, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And they should do that right now. Right now, just just go and email us. We're so bored. <laughs> well, <laughs> speak, to, speak to yourself. <laughs> he has been. No one else is listening. Uh, so, Steve, where else can people find us? Well, they can find us on Twitter at AT underscore banter. Or they can find us on the Facebookies at uh, AT banter, no underscore. And, we, and YouTube, we got, yeah, you know, we yeah, got, we got YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got YouTube. What's, yeah. our, what's our YouTube URL, do you know? Is it just youtube.com slash banter? I think so. I don't know. Like, it's just part of Podbeam. Podbeam automatically decodes and uh, uploads to the YouTube channel. Um, so, I don't know. All right. We'll, we'll work figure, that out. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. Whatever. Google it, people. Hey, Mr. Chant. Where can people find you on the old WW, or what do you call it? Dubs? Dub. Three dubs? <laughs> dub, dub, dub. <laughs> well, I can be emailed at uh, chaostech at shaw.ca, or the website is www.chaostechnicalservices.com. Perfect. So for all your assistive technology servicing needs, if you got a question, if you just want to hit them up and talk, because he has a very good phone manner, apparently. Uh, uh, hit him up. And uh, Steve? Well, you can find me at uh, Steve at CanAsTech. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or you can visit my website at www.canastech.com. Excellent. Well, uh, I think that's going to bring things to a close, gentlemen. Well, okay then. Bye. It's time to go have lunch. Brunch? 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 Thanks, everybody. For, oh, what? <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. 
and uh, we'll see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.